0: Welcome to a rainy Thursday and more importantly another episode of the Penny and Pops podcast under the MagicBasketballOnline.com name. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Let's do it. So we're going ahead today without the new microphone in place yet. Uh, We're going a little bit earlier than what we anticipated because of a couple reasons. One of them is because, Spencer, you are heading to
1: Hotlanta this weekend, aren't you? Indeed I am. A quick hitter here before I hit the road, but I can guarantee you there will be at least one Magic fan in Magic City on Friday night celebrating in more ways than one. And I guess shame on me because if I was an Amazon Prime member, the mic would be here anyway,
0: but don't worry about that because the main reason why we're doing this now is because Frank Vogel is your new Orlando Magic head coach, according to Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel. Pouncing on that report, Josh. Very exciting, breaking news today. So, obviously, I'm assuming you're happy because I'm fucking thrilled. I haven't been this excited about a
1: head coach since the Magic pulled off a miracle decade ago and got Stan Van Gundy. Uh, without a doubt, the most qualified coach, the best coach that we've had since Stan Van Gundy's been here, and probably the most hyped uh, coaching hire since Chuck Daly came aboard in the mid '90s. Yeah, that's a fun question. You know what? In the history of
0: the Magic, you know what coach got the fans pumped up the most? I mean, Chuck Daly honestly was one of them because he had the prestige of leading Detroit and. Many thought that he, he could turn around the, t- the, the team. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for Chuck, and I think even in, in his grave, Chuck still despises Penny Hardaway. But I digress. The other, uh, you know, the other a couple other th- coaches maybe, the coach hirings that maybe Magic fans were excited about was the return of Brian Hill the second time around. Welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> um, that worked out for a little, I mean, part of that was, too, the chaos after Doc Rivers left and, uh, and you know, the issues with, minor replacements that they had in between B Hill but uh you know you didn't like Chris Gent no not at all or Johnny Davis for that matter so anyway let's not let's not depress people Mr.
1: Moral Victory
0: okay uh and then I think the other only other name you can maybe bring in there is Billy Donovan but half the Gators fans loved it and half the
1: Gators fans didn't like it and I personally don't care for the man I think the season ticket holders that commuted from Gainesville were in favor. I think everyone else was, uh, meh.
0: Yeah, and hey, he, he thankfully gave up the job a day, two days later after, you know, two days after that, and the rest is history with Stan Van Gundy becoming the greatest coach in Magic history. So, I would like a little bit of deja vu now that Scott Skiles has left after less than a year, and somehow, about a week, almost exactly to the minute of when the Magic had that press conference with Rob Hennigan and Alex Martins with Scow stepping down they get Frank Vogel and so what are your initial thoughts on it?
1: Uh, Without a doubt a huge coup for the organization right we were were talking uh, a little bit earlier today about the fact that uh, there were 11 coaching vacancies this summer in the NBA and you can slice it however you want to but I think at the end of the day The Magic probably got the second best available coach on the market for any of those 11 vacancies. The fact that he had other options to choose from and presumably chose us. Uh, The fact that it looked like we were being left in a lurch and we somehow came up with a better coach than we had last season. Uh, There's a lot to be excited about today in Magic Nation.
0: Yeah, so I had uh, one of my sources uh, text me after uh, after Vogel got confirmed by Josh Robbins in that the team, for a couple years, loved what Vogel was doing with Indiana. They, they would have killed to have had him. And the fact that it just worked out timing-wise that Skiles gets cold feet, backs out, whatever you want to call it, gives up. And Larry Bird unbelievably just lets uh, Frank Vogel walk away. It's, you know The Magic, Ma- Magic fans can't, can't feel much luckier right now.
1: Hard to argue with the job that he did as the Pacer head coach, and you hope that he brings that same kind of success down here to Orlando.
0: Yeah, and I mean, other than Tom Thibodeau, I think, like you said, he was probably the second best coach, depending on your viewpoint of a guy like Scotty Brooks, and I mean, we're talking about 11 vacancies just in the offseason, we're not talking about like Teron Lue taking over for David Blatt, like we're not even including that, so I think it's crazy, Um I, I, I'm just surprised that the Magic were able to pull this off within a week, literally, because they talked to apparently four guys. Um, many people thought uh, you know, Adrian Griffin might be the guy. The Magic would maybe go the cheaper, safer route and just retain him and just kind of go from there. Adrian Griffin, very highly qualified candidate, as you said in the last podcast. Very respected around the league. He may or may not be the lead assistant to Frank
1: Vogel. He may or may not end up in Minnesota, as the lead assistant under tom thibodeau i think as we talked about in the last episode he campaigned hard for the job i think his representatives campaigned hard for the job and regardless of how much he may have enjoyed his last year here in town uh it can be hard to kind of swallow your pride and come back and work for the guy who beat you out for the job that you were applying for
0: yeah, and it's interesting that there is a little bit of history between uh, between Adrian Griffin and Frank Vogel. When Frank Vogel was just about finishing up as a video coordinator and hopping under Rick Pitino's bench, uh, Adrian Griffin was a player on that bench. So you go back 15 years and there's a little bit of a connection there. Um, so there were two other names thrown out there. One of them was Portland's assistant, David Vanderpool, who uh, he's – under the Tory Messina tree, actually, from all the way back in Ceska Moscow. Look out. Um, throwing a little EuroLeague action there. But uh, interesting enough, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum are on record for giving that guy a lot of credit for improving their games. And you look at probably the most surprising team in the league this year, it was Portland. And so, you know, it's very... its He's gotten off you know, opportunities to interview at a few other head coaching jobs over the past few years, but... Uh, a little interesting that he, he got uh, the interview, and apparently he was friends with Rob Hennigan in Oklahoma City,
1: so maybe he's just throwing his friend a bone there. I don't know. Um, think the, it, yep. I think it speaks to uh, to Hennigan's focus on a coach who puts an emphasis on player development, and clearly he has a track record over there in the Pacific Northwest of developing uh, really two elite guards in all of the NBA. Uh,
0: you know, the other candidate that ended up popping up very, very late was uh, J.B. Bickerstaff from Houston, and my question to you, if you're Rob Hennigan, do you talk anything other than Dwight Howard with J.B. Bickerstaff? How could you talk anything other than Dwight Howard with J.B. Bickerstaff? Um, but going back to Vogel's track record, it was interesting. Vogel ha- had been with Indiana for about a decade, I think it was like four years an assistant, and then he got the interim head coaching Good and was permanent head coach, so his his tenure as an actual head coach in Indiana was about six years which is longer than any Magic coach's tenure. He beat out Doc Rivers and Stan Van Gundy who were each coaching Orlando for about five years so if he can have any that type of you know
1: longevity here in Orlando I think uh, I think this this deal is gonna look even better in the long term. Yeah definitely we tend to uh, run our coaches out here fast and furious but hopefully uh, Frank will have some staying power. So. I really love Vogel just
0: because he knew how to turn mediocre or maybe non-existent talent into decent players. You look at, okay, he helped, he helped Paul George become an all-star. He made George Hill into a viable point guard, even though Larry Bird actually made that dumb trade to where he dumped Kawhi Leonard. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what type of backlash Larry Bird faces now that Vogel's gone. He got it, He brought in Nate McMillan who isn't really that much different from Vogel and doesn't carry the
1: likability or the prestige that Vogel has had as a coach. Did you just compare Frank Vogel inheriting a less than stellar team in Indiana and making good with it to Beyonce? Is that, is that a lemonade thing? Oh, Did goodness. you just know? Uh, no, I'm not that hip-hop savvy like All you right. are. I hear you, but I, I think uh, I, I was a big fan of Nate McMillan. Uh, definitely his Sonics days as a player, also as a coach. Um, not sure how much he's evolved in the time that he's been away from the lead chair, but, uh, you know... Good guy. Glad, glad, glad he has another opportunity. Yeah, and, I agree. Uh,
0: he deserves an opportunity. He deserves uh, deserves another chance. But, like, he's not... Cha- you know, Larry Bird was saying, oh, we're going to change it up or whatnot. But Nate McNellan isn't going to really change it up there, so...
1: Certainly not a pace and space coach.
0: So, again, I think Magic fans should count their blessings. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Vogel does with this talent and see what type of impact he has on free agency. I mean, you see what he's done with other guys. You know, I mentioned George Hill, but you look at Roy Hibbert, uh, Evan Turner. He he got Evan Turner paid. I mean, Lance Stevenson, um, you know, just look at this season alone. Miles Turner was a top three rookie this season. Um, And you look at what he did with the center position. He made Jan Mahimi and Jordan Hill serviceable. So imagine what he'll happily do with Nikola Vucevic. It's a regular miracle worker in the post there. Uh, so, TNT's David Aldridge reported that Vogel's contract is four years, $22 million, so it's about, that's $5.5 million per season, and apparently it's the same deal that Terry Stotts got in Portland. How, how, how I mean, are you content with that deal? I'm at personally surprised he got that much money, I or he, he got that less, a little amount of money. I
1: thought he was going to get $30, 32000000 out of those four years, so... I think coaching salaries continue to to skyrocket Um, and in that regard it's definitely surprising that he's only making an average of five and a half million a year. Uh, Clearly you're going to have to sign him for four years. He's an established coach but the fact that we didn't have to uh, in a sense overpay and pay him the seven or eight million dollars a year to have him choose Orlando over his other options I think it says a lot about his uh, desire to come here. He really wanted the job, clearly. And I think it says a lot about the organization that maybe uh, we weren't in as bad a shape as we thought we were a week ago. Yeah, and I'm really surprised, too,
0: that it was that cheap because the Knicks, the Rockets, the Grizzlies, they were all finalizing their positions this week. You know, the Knicks end up with Jeff Hornacek, which I think that's actually a good hire for them. But people were stunned by that. Um, you know the Rockets. They might get our boy D'Antoni over there. So good, good for Mike. If it's anything like uh, you know the Vipers, like their D-League team, they'll be throwing up like 130, 135 points per game. So it'll be it'll be very intriguing. And then you look at Memphis. Our boy James Borrego is getting a chance, Give and a fair then, shake at it. or he might not get the job because David Fisdale's goatee might take it. So we'll we'll see. Uh, hopefully, it'll be very cool to see Borrego get that job if possible, because then Orlando kind of has a weird. Kind of coaching tree of its own, really,
1: out in the league. If if you kind of think about that, but I don't know if "weird" is the word, but there would be a there would be a tree. <laughs> is it an orange tree? Is it an orange tree before the county and city decided to chop it down? But anyway, um, the tree's certainly not bearing any fruit yet, but to be determined. Nicely done. All right, I try. Um, any so. Okay, gut feeling. Do you think Adrian Griffin sticks around, or do you think he's he's going somewhere else? No, I think he's gone. I think uh, I think that it would be nice if he stayed to have a little bit of continuity. Uh, clearly, the the players enjoyed playing for him last year. I think it's too tough a situation to stay and feel like you're you're working beneath somebody who is an equal to you. I think he probably takes advantage of the Thibodeau hire in Minnesota, goes up there, latches on to. Uh, a job that presumably has a lot of security attached to it, um, a lot of young developing talent, something that he's keen to do, and uh, I think that's probably the best fit for him, unfortunately, for us.
0: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, but we'll, we'll see. Who knows? I mean, it, you never know. I think I, I, it'd be wonderful to have him around, but we'll, we'll see what Vogel does, what Vogel prefers anyway. Um, Mark Spears of the Undefeated says that uh, his current assistants, now former assistants in Indiana, are not leaving. They're going to stick with Nate McMillan. Um, another guy we talked about in the last podcast, Brian Shaw, he looks like he might be accepting the lead assistant chair next to uh, Bill Walt, or Luke Walton over in, uh, in L.A. for the Lakers. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Vogel does. Um, any, any other thoughts on the Vogel hiring? Um, any,
1: any thought of who he might bring right now uh, you know, as far as an assistant goes? Yeah, we, I think we both listened to an interesting uh, Woj podcast with Kenny Atkinson where he talked about the fact that because there are so many uh, coaching vacancies that have been filled and there are so many assistant coaches that are under contract, filling out a staff of four or five assistants is proving to be quite a challenge. I will tell you that I don't mind that Popeye Jones is not following Frank Vogel down here, um, simply because I think our our front front bench, our front row seat cushions are only about 22 inches wide, and uh, retirement has not been kind to his waistline, nor to mine, but uh, I digress. Anyway, um, in terms of Vogel's hiring, ecstatic. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, I'm going to throw this name out here, uh, Jim O'Brien, who was the Pacers head coach uh, that got fired and gave Vogel his opportunity to become a head coach in Indiana. Two of them, really. I mean, we right? he helped him out in Boston, too. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised to see O'Brien surface here as, a, as kind of a lead assistant. Uh, he's a creative offensive mind. He does focus on the three ball. Um, and it might be a good complement to the defensive priorities that Vogel brings. Yeah, I mean, if Indiana does one thing and one thing right, it's muck up a game as far as what
0: their defense goes. I mean, even when when Stan with, like, Earl Clark at center was playing the Pacers in the playoffs, you know, those games were 80-point games right. or whatnot. So if, you can, if, if Vogel can get some offensive creativity to join him on the bench, I think this, this Magic team can really do something impressive, especially since I think he's
1: got better athletes on this team overall than what he ever had at Indiana. I think so, too. Look, Magic fans are going to have to get used to several grinded-out games in the 80s. It's not always going to be pretty basketball, but uh, you know, winning 48 games that way is a lot more fun than losing 58 games up and down the floor.
0: Okay, uh, so I think we're done with Vogel right now. I'm looking forward to hopefully being at the press conference. It just depends on timing and whatnot. He may, it may be official Friday, it may be official Monday. We'll see. Um, so I got the draft lottery wrong. Um, what? I, yeah, I know. I, I, I'm never wrong on anything, right? So, you know, I made the bold prediction that the Magic would find a miracle and get like a .95% chance at the number two pick, and they would land the number two pick, and... I think Pat Williams is done as far as going to those. I mean, Real GM had an interesting stat. The Magic had not moved up in the draft lottery since 1993, since they did it back-to-back years in 92 and 93. Now, they kept their number one pick in 2004, but that's not moving up. So right. it's it's stunning, really, that the Magic have, have been to the lottery, I want to say like 10 times, I think, since that '93 uh, dra- since that 93 draft lottery. And... You know, I, I think uh, Pat got all his, his
1: luck out of the way. But I did enjoy Rob Pennington's hair a lot. Yeah, and, and his smile. I don't think you got to see the big grin, but you did get to see a little smirk on the uh, introduction. So I think
0: he knew, uh, knew Vogel was in the bag at that point. But that was Tuesday, and Tuesday feels like a
1: lifetime ago at this it point. It does. Look, the the draft yep. lottery as a whole, uh, I think totally anticlimactic, right? There were no changes from the uh, from the projected... First
0: time ever... The projection was what it was what ended up being so yeah it was anticlimactic other than Dikembe Mutombo kind of kind clairvoyant of, yeah clairvoyant bringing a lot of controversy or just have just being stupid with whatever no, no, email no. they got yeah. yes 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 <laughs> so anyway so the Magic now have the 11th the 41st and the 47th picks in the upcoming draft um so about a two if you would ask me a month or two ago i would have told you that the magic should try and trade whatever pick they would get but at 11 you can't really get much in return trade-wise with the number 11 pick unless you're like putting it together with a player for some type of larger trade but i i think the magic should keep the pick i think the magic it could get actually some really decent talent at 11
1: some value at 11 this year so do you keep the pick or are you trading the pick? Yeah, I'm in agreement here with you. Uh, I think you have to hold on to the pick. Uh, I think it's a good year. The Magic, basically you're looking for front court depth, right? Uh, I think a, a good backup, power forward, and an interesting little ironic note. Who had the 11th pick last year in the first round? The Indiana Pacers. Oh. And who did they select? Miles Turner. Miles Turner, uh, a stretch big who you know really came through in his rookie season and has a lot of room to grow. If we could duplicate that, uh, I think that it, it would be really, really uh, great for the value at the slot of the pick and really, really great for the depth of the team moving forward.
0: I have two potential stretch bigs for you on that, actually. So, Hit me. Um, I think Deontay Davis from Michigan State – uh, he's still raw, but he looks a lot like Anthony Davis to me, like a mini Anthony Davis. He he looks like he's got the potential to shoot it from just about anywhere, kind of like Anthony Davis has done recently. But he's got that energy. He's got he's got the shot blocking capability, and he's got awesome hands for throwing down dunks that I want to see Alfred Payton lob a lot of those next season. Another one I got for you is uh, Marquise Chris from Washington. Yep, another freshman big dude. He's He's less of a beast, I think, than what Deontay Davis could be. But if you look at maybe either of those,
1: I, I, I don't see how you can go wrong with that. Yeah, definitely uh, tantalizing talents there. I like Chris, too. Uh, it seems like he has the ability to really stretch the floor for you. Uh, I did notice that on some of his standstill jump shots, he has a tendency, tendency to really dip the ball low. Uh, Want to see him? Want to see if he can get that shot off at the next level but certainly can't question the stroke and the touch that he has from distance there.
0: And I'll tell you, having that 11th pick, now that the cap is just just blowing up, it's exploding, having a $2, 2500000 million dollar player is quite nice when yeah, you have them locked, locked up for four to five years, potentially. Tremendous so, value. So, you know, whether the Magic... Look at, you know, another young 18, 19-year-old kid. Or maybe they get a little older. I like DeMontis Sabonis just because he's Arvita Sabonis' kid. But also, lucky lefty. He's 20 years old, and he's got a ton of energy. He has got he plays like his dad does. He just doesn't have the size, the length, or necessarily all the tools that his dad or did. The skill, but, or the skill, or the passing ability. No, no, his all passing right. ability is pretty good. Potentials right. there, but... I mean, you think about what Sabonis. Well, I mean, Sabonis in his prime, we weren't born yet. But I've seen enough footage. I've seen I, I've seen enough of Sabonis to what he's done in the past. Um, I think DeMontis Sabonis could would be actually a rather safe pick. Um, another really really safe pick would be another Michigan State Spartan, Denzel Valentine. There's no other wing that scores like this guy. It seems like um, maybe you can look. You know, other than you go up a little bit more, like Buddy Healed and and uh, and Jamal Murray and Chris Dunn, maybe, but I mean, Denzel Valentine's right there. The guy can create a shot. He can do a lot. So, um, yes or no on Thon Maker being any type of decent prospect? Uh,
1: what, what he's two years away from being two years away, right? I I agree, and I I don't think he's played
0: against anyone yet, and. A lot of people seem to think he's regressed. I would maybe take a flyer on him on one of those second-round picks. He's not going to drop that far, though. I think somebody will get him late first, early second. I think the Magic should use one of those second-round picks on a Euro guy, Draft and whether stash. whether or international guy, whether it be like an Ante Zizic or something who's moving up into the first round, or my favorite new Chinese player, Zhao Qi, who uh, who is. Some people think he's going to be like seven foot nine the way he the way people have him elevating. I think he's you know he, he's he's like seven three seven four seven five
1: seven six. I mean they keep changing his height on me every year. My, my question for you is: Is he your favorite Chinese, your new favorite Chinese player, or your only new Chinese player? Um, for this draft, the only new Chinese player. I can't bring uh, Yi Jianlian back, so yeah, I uh, I don't I, know. I think for sure, uh, if you look at the pick forty-one, that's a perfect chance to take a guy, keep him overseas watches development and see if it's somebody worth adding to your team in a couple of years a la uh Nikola Miritich where you you draft you stash and then you reap the benefits down the road yeah
0: and I think for one the other draft pick I think the magic need to look at shooting um there's plenty of you know junior so, senior type guys that play on the wing that
1: are shooters and the magic could use another three-point shooter in my mind can always can't ever have enough shooting uh wouldn't mind again looking at somebody deep in the second round, maybe even trading down into the 50s and grabbing somebody who you can put, you know, put down in Erie for a year, uh, have them learn the professional game and see what comes of it.
0: Yeah, I can see a lot of trades getting getting done in this draft, especially when you got like 12 million picks, like some of these teams do, like uh, I think Boston and Philly do. Um, so one other thing happened during the draft lottery. Uh, this actually impacts the 2012 Dwight Howard trade. Uh, pretty much, since the Lakers ended up getting a top three pick, they're, they're picking number two. Um, now, if the Lakers pick again in the top three in 2017, the Magic no longer get a first-round pick for them from them. Um, the way it works is if the Lakers are picking basically four or higher or worse, you know, uh, four or worse uh, next in 2017 and the magic getting unprotected 2019 uh, first round pick from the lakers if not then they just end up with two crummy second round picks so you know there was a chance that had the lakers dropped to four which was a pretty decent possibility that they could have dropped down to four or five then the magic would have had a chance at uh, a, a top five protected 2018 pick but you know, let's cross our fingers for next year and maybe we'll look at 2019 because that's a pretty nice asset uh, you can have put under your belt, especially as a trade shift because you don't know where the Lakers will be in a couple of years. So
1: basically, as Magic fans, we have to hope that either Ben Simmons or Brandon Ingram are really, really good next year and really, really bad three years down the road. Yeah, that's about right. Like maybe
0: Luke Walden's like, yeah, I don't want to be in LA anymore. Let's go somewhere else. So, all right, enough with that. So, finally, we want to go to our least favorite person maybe, uh, Dwight Howard. So Dwight Howard, uh, many of you might have already remember seeing him on TNT uh, last week, I believe. He had like an interrogation moment with, uh, with Chuck and Kenny and Ernie, or maybe it was Matt Weiner, I can't remember. But basically Chuck was asking pre intelligent questions and Kenny Smith was right there with him. And it's no coincidence that Dwight was sitting in the Shaquille O'Neal chair and that Dwight kind of made himself look... A little bit more human than he was of
1: recent years yeah i think dwight doing the pr rounds a great move by his agent to put him on the show and somehow he handled himself with dignity and class and uh, you know, measured responses, and I think he gained a lot of public goodwill for, you know, sitting through that interrogation, as you put it, and it clearly was. Um, it didn't
0: fool me, but it's going to fool one of those other 28, 29 teams... Well, it won't be another 29 teams because the Rockets right. and Magic already know, and the Lakers probably know what they're dealing with already, so one of those 26, 27 teams will, will know uh, what it will maybe be fooled into giving Dwight a max contract, no. but, um, you know, that was what I call the... Uh, I guess the interrogation maybe Uh, this is now the confession what he did with Jackie McMullen at ESPN basically Dwight came clean on a couple of matters Um, basically one of those was he wanted to come out with magic vitamins for his players and teammates but uh, no the other one was uh, when he met with Rich DeVos uh, during the 2011 lockout uh, back when you and I were still doing a podcast back then Um, basically Dwight was saying that uh, Stan was being tuned out and he allegedly says that Rich DeVos called the Orlando Magic the Orlando Tragic
1: uh, I can't picture an octogenarian using Orlando Tragic for uh, you know for an asset that he owns also I don't believe it because as you'll remember uh, when Dwight Howard was here in the good times he would go around every single interview saying when I got here I used to go on the streets of Orlando and all the fans would be saying Orlando Tragic so I think that's his callback. That's a comfort level thing to, to cling to. Um, and, you know, he's trying to trying to grasp at straws and get sympathy and empathy in that, you know, lengthy, candid interview with uh, well candid in quotation marks, because I, I think and I hate to say it, but the older that Dwight Howard gets, the more that he reminds me of Shaquille O'Neal and that you can't. Take a single word that comes out of his mouth at face value no oh, and that's why dwight has Shaq's agent
0: now from back in the day um look it's a really good marketing campaign i gotta say i mean his
1: well, the, speaking of marketing oh here we we're go gonna, let's jump back to magic vitamins his great his grand idea is uh magic vitamins with player faces on them and you wonder why dwight's not in ad, in any national uh, ad campaigns lately
0: yeah i mean it's you know, I, I, somebody made a really interesting Keto turkey, Richard Lewis steroids joke with it, but, um, you know, people were joking, like, oh, I would have loved to have seen Vaughn Wafer on one of those or, or, or whatnot. Um, look, the, you know, it's, it's a very interesting interview. I think Rockets fans actually hate Dwight Moore now because of that. Um, I mean, he brings up, you know, Otis Smith kind of flip-flopping on the Brooklyn trade and whatnot, but we kind of already knew that type of stuff. Um, and again, a lot of it's revisionist history. A lot of it is just, you know, it's, it's kind of a narrative being built up that, oh, Dwight is confessing to rebuild his image and get re-signed by the Magic. But I disagree. I think it's him rebuilding his image so that one of the other teams that have not had Dwight under their roof before, opens under their services, their opens up their checkbook for him.
1: And I think it's going to work. I think they're going to get one team. Look, at the end of the day, he's a 30-year-old man who's still talking about the same things that he was talking about when he was a 20-year-old kid here. That sometimes when I don't get the ball on the block, I don't play as hard as I should in other facets of the game. If you realize that's an issue, and look, it's human nature to get discouraged, and I, and I get that. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you realize what you need to do, and you don't make a change and improve in a decade... Why would I believe that you're going to change next year when we give you 80 million dollars? And I do think he's going to trick a team though into into buying
0: in and that's all he wants. He wants one more payday. I mean, he's got all those child support payments. He's got one more payday <laughs> and, coming. And he so. said,
1: he said flat out in the in the interview, I got one shot left to get a big deal. Somebody's going to give him a big deal. I wouldn't be surprised if he gives them a very solid first year of the contract, maybe first two years, but Uh, I would not want to be on the hook for Dwight Howard in 2018-2019.
0: And it certainly should not be the magic. Maybe it'll be Charlotte because they kind of know him. Maybe it'll be Brooklyn because they're desperate to become relevant again. I don't know, but... Um, I'm done talking about Dwight Howard. I'm just really happy about Frank Vogel. Any yeah, we f- don't
1: need Dwight. We just need Jordan Hill, right? There
0: you go, man. Or Jan Mahimi, because I think he's a free agent. So we might take him if we can't uh, re-sign Jason Smith or Dwayne Dedman. So uh, any final thoughts as far as uh, what we've talked about in this podcast? I know you're,
1: you're itching to get ready for your Atlanta trip. Yeah, my Uber's in the driveway right now, so I think we're good. I'm excited. I think we should hit him with the, uh, with the outro. All right.
0: Well, we appreciate you guys listening to us once again. Again, we apologize for the background noise. Uh, Amazon was a little bit slow on the uh, on the mic delivery, and I apologize for not having Amazon Prime. But we will uh, we will see you on the other side, and we will see you after uh, Frank Gold gets officially introduced, I guess.